0: Jennifer Hines, I am so excited to have you as my guest today and I love what you're doing. So can you tell everybody what it is that you are doing?
1: Okay, so uh, I'm the founder and formulator of Natural Australian Safe International award-winning makeup brand where I began in my kitchen. Wow. Wow. Um, Well, tell everyone what's it called. It's called NAS Cosmetics, which is an acronym for Natural Australian and Safe.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay, and now there's something more that you're doing, though. So this is your opportunity to tell everybody what you're doing on the back of the COVID dramas that we have been through for the last couple yes. of years because it's a really lovely initiative.
1: <laughs> yes, thanks. Oh, Look, I'm really excited. You know, when I first began this journey um, of formulating, I knew that uh, I really wanted something different for NAS. I didn't want it to be like a mainstream makeup company just another makeup company so I always had this nagging question in the back of my mind of what am I going to do with this so in the very beginning you sort of go through those early years of like
0: sorry (laughs) no 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 that's absolutely fine I'm wondering if I'm
1: just say something now. now
0: It is coming through the headphones. Should we start again? Would you like to start again or do Uh, you want to? Yes, that would be great. Thanks. Okay, yeah, let's just do that. That's easy. All right, I'll just do a clap so my son realises <laughs> okay. and off we go. So Jennifer Hines, I am so excited to have you as my guest for She's the Boss Chats and I can't wait for it to share your story. So first let's talk about what it is that you're doing now. What's the name of your business and, and what is it? So I'm it? the
1: founder and formulator of Natural Australian and Safe Makeup Brand, international award-winning makeup brand, Nas Cosmetics.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, and, and it's not just any makeup brand because it's quite different, isn't it? I mean, I know that you've said it's natural, but can you just tell us a little bit more about it? And then I want you to tell everyone about your new initiative that you're doing as yes, well.
1: Yes, so I did begin in my kitchen. Uh, my story behind it, essentially, was that I found myself using a makeup brand that was making me sick. And it was a very well-known makeup brand. And I'm not the sort of person who gets sick. And when I took this product right. back to them, uh, standing there with my two boys by my side, they told me that I was overreacting, and that that was it. I I, I didn't overreact, but then I had to overreact.
0: Been oh, furious. I was absolutely
1: totally <laughs> furious at it.
0: I would have been <laughs> beside myself, yes. <laughs> So, and that was the light bulb moment, was it, that you went, you know what, I can do better Absolutely than this. Absolutely was.
1: You know, I stood there and I did that five-year-old tantrum in their store, threw my arms up in the air and went, you <laughs> know, I cannot be the only person that is allergic to your crap. Uh, and I'll make it myself and I'll do it in two and a half weeks. Now, where that came from, I've got no idea. But I can tell you I was awfully close to that two and a half. Um, the only thing I kind of got mixed wow.
0: up was the, the word weeks and years. <laughs> <laughs> I think that in itself is a salutary lesson for anyone listening. I don't know whether I've said that the right way, but, you know, we all think, yep, easy, I'll get it up and running in the next six months. I've never done two and a half weeks but six months and it always takes a bit longer. So you own um, Nas Cosmetics, which is amazing, and I definitely want to hear a bit more about it. But can you tell me about your – or tell everyone about your new initiative as well?
1: So, look, I did begin in my kitchen and and I knew right from the word go that I wanted something more for Nas. I didn't want it to be another mainstream right. brand. I didn't create mainstream products. I created very unique products with amazing points of difference. But in those early years, you're so busy traversing the pitfalls of building a new business. And for me, in, in a, a sea of large corporations in an industry that I had no knowledge of whatsoever. Oh,
0: my God, I can't wait to hear your story then. But I love it when people go into an industry they know nothing about to solve a problem. It's (laughs) just crazy. It really was. I,
1: I sit back now even and go, what the heck did I get myself into? How did I do that? But I absolutely love what I do. So that nagging question of what was I going to do with the brand was sort of put on the back burner. And then when COVID really began to take hold, I remember having yeah. a conversation with a friend of mine. I had friends who were now struggling; they'd lost jobs and whatnot. And I, I remember saying to her, "This is really awful. Like people are losing jobs, they're losing careers, they're losing sense of self and sense of community." And I really wish that I could yeah. do something, but I just own a makeup company, and boom, there it was—that <laughs> nagging question that had been in the back of my mind all these years was answered right there and then on the spot because I now knew that I could help those people who'd lost jobs, lost careers, who'd lost sense of self. And how? By building them a whole new community. So that's when I put together, the team and I put together our licensed workshop, makeup workshop facilitator program. And we've launched that um, across Australia. And we're so excited for it. It just offers people so
0: much well let's let's talk about it a bit more what 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 is it so you're actually basically saying to them they can start a business and you'll help them how is that what you're talking about or how does it all work
1: totally totally so a makeup workshop facilitator facilitator is an independent business where you run five star makeup workshops and earn money from it. Now you also, yeah. Oh, you wow. also, there's also other makeup services, but predominantly. So it's it sort of like party
0: plan, like no. get together a party of your girlfriends and then sell them <laughs> products as part of a makeover. No, or? I
1: would really like to make this super clear. It's not an MLM. Um, it's it's not right. a franchise or anything like that. It's not network right. marketing. <laughs> they are truly independent businesses. Yes.
0: Right. So you're you're just offering the course to tell them how to do oh, it. I look,
1: it's so much more than just a course as, as well. Jules, it's
0: what is that tell me all so
1: it's a whole training program right so essentially what happens is somebody comes on board as a a workshop facilitator and they get trained they get total support so much involved in it so the, the training itself to be a licensed workshop facilitator well actually one of the one of the things we did do right from the word go which was a really yeah. crazy business move but i knew that i had to do this in support of our workshop facilitators and that was because look, in the end it comes down to support is absolutely paramount in business i know I know how difficult oh my God, it can yes. be <laughs> starting a business up with no support and I don't recommend that at all.
0: No, that is literally the reason I set up She's the Boss, for women that are setting up their own business because you're right, there's nobody to celebrate the wins and failures and ask what the hell do I do next if you haven't got a crew no, around that's you. that's
1: right, that's right. So it is critical to have support. So the very first thing that the NAS team did was we removed all of our products from salons and retail outlets. Crazy, right?
0: Ooh, big move. Don't think for a moment that I didn't
1: try and talk myself out of it because I did. (laughs) But I knew that if this is the line that we were always supposed to do, facilitators are our top priority in business. They absolutely have to be. And then one of the other things that we, we learnt very early on in the piece was To choose the right colour foundation can be really quite difficult sometimes or challenging at times. And if you're somebody coming into a business like this who has not been in the makeup industry before, that, again, can be challenging. So we put together this really professional quiz of 10 questions and it helps people work out their right colour foundation for them. So it's yeah wow. it's truly amazing that's a facilitator so this they is get really that.
0: relevant to me because uh, yeah I never really wore foundation until I started working on TV and then I was having it way too dark and I've never thought that you know that there's actually a process to it so so that kicks it off for them, does you, it that yes, you help yeah, them it
1: absolutely, it absolutely does for sure and that just uh, they need to be comfortable in this it's so important to us that our yeah. facilitators are comfortable doing this. So
0: we – so <laughs> no, no, that's all right. So you've built a community um, around this. Is, is that what you were saying, that you've actually built so that they are, are doing it with a whole lot of other women who are doing it, I guess, so that they do have that support?
1: Yes, totally. So part of their support system is that we do have a – Facebook group, the Licensed Workshop Facilitators, and that is Brilliant. a community of people supporting each other as they build entre- entrepreneurial businesses. And it's absolutely amazing it. because nobody is in competition with each other.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the things that I love and I'm always trying to seek out women that do come from that place of abundance because I, I feel very strongly that people shouldn't be competing, particularly women. <laughs> the one thing we need is to support each other if we're all going to rise. Yes. So I just love this idea, Jennifer, and I have a really close friend that is obsessed with makeup, um, and I'm just thinking this could be perfect for her as well. So um, absolutely brilliant. And now... Okay, I was going to ask you a whole lot of other questions, but I think what we should do, if it's all right with you, is let's talk about the whole NAS journey and basically your career because I obviously didn't start anywhere near cosmetics. Nice. <laughs> and then we'll talk a bit more about how you've built it up and what you've been doing. So... Look, I'm going to do something I do to most women and you might not like it, but can we go all the way back to sort of high school years wow. and just know, <laughs> were you good at school? Did you like school? And what did you do when you left um, in order to sort of, you know, start the journey? Okay. Uh,
1: yes, I was good at school, but I didn't want to apply myself. Uh, I, right. I definitely had the smarts too. Work well at school, uh, and I did in the earlier years in high school, and then I sort of dropped on out a bit.
0: When we when we hit teenagers and go, oh, it's all very uncool. Yeah, and I know. I don't want to be doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so, did you finish? Did you go to year twelve? Uh, I went
1: to year eleven, which I spent most of the time wagging school. So there was no point me going to year twelve. <laughs> so then I went to a secretarial college. No, but I love college. this story
0: because. <laughs> But it's so good for other women and girls to know that you don't have to finish school in order to become successful. It's really about your drive. So you finished school in year 11. What did you do then? I went to a
1: secretarial school. So I I grew up in the desert in Kalgoorlie in Western Australia. Oh,
0: wow, Jennifer. Uh, (laughs) That's amazing.
1: uh, Yes, thanks. And it was amazing. Look, I have to say my, my childhood was really good growing up there. Um, I did enjoy yeah. my childhood there. It was wonderful. Uh, so, I did the secretarial college there, and and was that in Calgari or did you go no, to it Perth was in, it was for in that?
0: Okay, so still at home at that stage. Mum, mum and dad are saying you're not go, You can leave school, but you're not going to disappear completely. Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what happens when you finish secretarial well, college and you're I not sure what you want I, to do? I actually
1: got uh, a. Oh, what do you call it when you when you get a chance to go into a business and try it?
0: Um, oh, where they like have cadetship kind of—I I can't think of the word either—but they so sort, oh, sort of pluck you out and put you through yeah, a process. Actually, is that no?
1: Sorry, I found the word and it was work experience. So I went for oh, work experience oh, and right. I was yes, the, okay. the state government insurance office. It was a government job, and <laughs> they loved me and they went, "We'd like you to work with us for you know full time." Right? I said no, and Dad said yes. It's a government job. (laughs) You are taking it. So I worked for them in Kalgoorlie uh, and then when I turned 21, I up and left and I moved up north to Karatha in Western Australia and I absolutely had a ball there. And I remember I I started off, I was working for a travel agency there and I was front so I was front counter there. So yeah. I was required to wear makeup. But you know what? I didn't wear makeup. I, my mum didn't really wear makeup. So she wasn't she wasn't really qualified to teach me how to wear makeup. And I just never really did until my late 20s. And they said, you've got to wear makeup. Right. And I went, oh. So I pacified them for a while with a bit of lippy. And even that sort of warped in <laughs> for me.
0: Isn't it funny? Can you imagine having a job now where they say you have to wear makeup? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it doesn't wash anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now people do it from choice. But anyway, okay, so so there you were, you'd been doing this job and you weren't wearing makeup other than a bit of lippy. What happened next? Needless to say, I I didn't have to learn. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So what was next after that? Next after
1: that, uh, well I learnt to scuba dive in in Karatha and then I decided I was going to go backpacking. Around the world on my own, much to the horror of my parents, which I never wow. understood until I became a mother. Yes. <laughs> and now I understand <laughs> the horror for them. Uh, so uh, I disappeared. Yeah, so 21,
0: you pack your bag uh, 20, and. Uh, literally, why on 25? your own?
1: Um, I don't oh, really know. I just, I didn't really want to go with anybody. I wanted to be left alone to do my own things and discover it. the world on my own. But my first stop was Fiji and yeah. I ended up there for four years. I became a diving <laughs> instructor there and I was running, um, jointly running a, managing a dive shop on an island in the middle of the South Pacific. Oh so my from God, that is so weird. Water, One of
0: my... <laughs> One of my best friends from London came over here, went to Fiji to go skipper diving, and ended up staying over there for two years as well. Oh. There's something about it for all the, all, all the people that love diving.
1: Oh, so, look, eventually, when I returned, I won't go into the story this time round of why I returned.
0: I'll go on. We've got plenty oh. of time. Tell me what oh. happened.
1: So, uh, we ended up being asked to leave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> yes, yes, we had sunk a Naughty boat. Naughty woman! What did you do? We sunk a boat. <laughs> Got drunk one night, or something. no? We sunk a boat. <laughs> oh my God! Right,
1: but Jules, the strange thing about it. it wasn't the first boat that we sunk. So we we're in charge of a fleet of thirteen boats, and right, we had uh, a lot of a lot of the big cruise liners or the big um, lifestyle boats would come into Fiji and we had one parked out the front called the Exuma Sea and that was parked out the front of Castaway Island where we were and we used to go out there every right. night and one night they changed their mooring, they went to the round to the island behind us. And they okay. didn't pay their six dollar mooring fee there. So we went over, we took the resort ski boat over for the night, as we do, yep. to get island fever, sort of always going to different islands and visiting other instructors and whatnot.
0: God, it just sounds idyllic. It was. <laughs> look, it was a
1: great time in my life, I have to say. Yes, I bet. Uh, and think about it often, uh, fondly, <laughs> even sinking the boat. <laughs> and we got up the next morning so we stayed on board this Exuma Sea again and got up the next morning and everybody sitting out, on the deck, and they get up and they went, oh, your boat's missing." We've gone, "Yeah, yeah, what's for breakfast?" And we looked around. We've gone, "Actually, our boat is missing. Where's the boat?" And they went, "Don't know." Anyway, all the oh other boats we've we all got their binoculars out, and we're trying to find this this ski boat, the resort ski boat. And then we can see the bow just sticking out in the mangroves somewhere. Oh so no. <laughs> anyway, it was it was refloated, and it was up and going again within forty eight hours. But We did get sacked over that and we're really not – I'm not – I was never convinced that that was the real reason. I think essentially we possibly got a bit close to the business plus our three-year visa was coming up, which meant that they had to give you the option of dual citizenship. But anyhow, I was ready to come home by that point and I remember flying into Sydney singing I Still Call Australia Home. So I was stoked to be back (laughs) because seven days a week – diving every day and and because you're on a resort you also eat with them you've got to do the whole the entertainment as well with them
0: yeah after
1: after dinner so it all does get a little bit too much so i came back to uh to australia my next job after that is um i worked for the alh group uh, which is hotel chain Oh, okay. And I worked uh, as admin there, and then we eventually moved down to uh, Margaret River and ran uh, a place there.
0: Right. So your background is very much sort of around hospitality and tourism, nothing to do with makeup. Nothing at all.
1: Uh, If I look back on it and look deep inside myself, I can sort of see I was looking for something. I was looking for something. Right. I eventually moved to Albany in Western Australia and... I set up a marine business, so I'd set up marine aquariums for businesses and for people, okay. and selling beautiful marine yeah. fish and coral. And that sort of became my livelihood. After that, moved over here and to the Gold Who's Coast. Where's over
0: here? Sorry, Sorry for those who people moved who over are to listening. The Gold Coast. Yeah.
1: Oh, Gold Coast. Yep, Gold Coast.
0: I don't know why. I thought you were in Perth. I must be – I'm getting everything mixed up. Right, so on the Gold on Coast. On the Gold
1: Coast. We moved over here. My husband, uh, he teaches martial arts and he's exceptionally good at what he does. He's been doing it – he's been doing martial arts since he was 11, 12 years old and he's been instructed
0: right. for
1: um, 45 years or something. So wow. we moved over here to help him build his business. Yeah. Uh, and that's when the makeup saga hit me. <laughs>
0: how How? why i mean i would have thought moving up to the gold coast you'd be even less likely to wear makeup so i'm just interested to know where this bug came from
1: so i got up for work one morning and i'm sure many of your listeners can relate to this you get to that point where your makeup drawer is so full that you've got to put your foot on the bottom drawer to open it and it's full of products that under, <laughs> underperform, they underdeliver. deliver They're not the right colour for me. Um, and I still even I buy a product, try it, didn't like it, but damn, that product was going straight into that drawer. And why? Right. Because I spent money on it.
0: We all do this sort of thing. So you couldn't get rid of it. You no. You can't throw something out for a while. You've got to kind of you, disassociate you a little do, bit from you it. do. <laughs> <laughs> but I love your I love that visual of the overstuffed makeup drawer. I think most yeah. women will be able to relate.
1: <laughs> so look, I did my research, and at that point, it was um, AKA uh, I watched the TV commercials. Yeah, and I saw these stunning pictures of these beautiful women wearing this really well-known brand advertised for film and television. I've gone, I want to look like that. I really want right. to look like them. So out with the old, in with the new. Now don't judge me here. This was eleven years ago. I I, I spent ninety dollars on a push up stick of foundation. Yeah, and I wouldn't even put that in that drawer because it was ninety dollars. I stuck it on my my shelf because I think <laughs> I became a bit of a brand snob right there and then. But in it was that no moment. good. No, well the brand snobbish thing was very short lived because I wore it for about four weeks and it was making me sick every time I wore it. It had a really foul odor to it and it right. gave me headaches, and I always felt nauseous with it. But wow. putting it on the shelf and being the responsible kind of person I am, I decided that maybe this was my fault. Maybe the product had gone off because I'd left it on the shelf, and maybe the sun came in through the window and turned it off. So I took it back to the Oh, you're so shop. forgiving.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, and that's when you got that serve from the that's woman. When saying... I got that
1: serve from the woman telling me I was overreacting. Truly disgusting. So
0: exactly what do you do when you go, okay, I'm going to do something about this? I mean, how, literally, how did you start your makeup brand off the kitchen table? Like, literally, how did you do it? All
1: right. So literally, how did I start it? This is really quite interesting. Look, I I now had some street smarts, so I did my research before I began. I I went out there and I did the surveys with women in the shopping centres, going, "What is it that you would like from your ideal makeup brand?" And so, from there, I built a criteria list to formulate from. Okay. And I got things like it had to be incredibly light to wear, it had to have great coverage, obviously, it couldn't sit in fine lines, it had to have a sunscreen, it had to be water resistant it had to have a really long shelf life. Right. And there's a whole myriad of other things as well. So now that I had this criteria to formulate to, now I needed to start working out what the ingredients were. And I think one of so the – So
0: you didn't – so hang on a minute. Yeah. You didn't think to go to a scientist or a chemistry company or whatever no they God are and ask them anybody. to make it? No, right. I've already okay. been
1: poisoned. I want to be poisoned again from a chemist. Okay. So. <laughs> that, was good. that was my train of thought at that point. yeah no I love it (laughs) so I did my research on the ingredients and what was really interesting about that I I, I do think that this is one of the things that held me in really good stead was the fact that I had no preconceived ideas of ingredients so what that meant for me is I had to do that research and what was super interesting to work out what I was going to sort of put together I actually looked at the back of other brands and then i research the ingredients and i'm looking at these ingredients and i'm researching i'm going well that doesn't work why would you put that with that when it's going to do this ah now i see Ah. why because you want it to for example you want it to absorb quickly so that the consumer now has to apply it at least twice a day if not three times a day. Right. That's right. Oh, my God, is it that
0: kind of evil? I'm afraid
1: it is that kind of evil. Look, honestly, the beauty industry is, for a beauty industry, it's certainly not a pretty industry. Um, Yeah, right. Yes, yes. And and if you consider that, if you go out at night, there's a third time you've got to apply makeup. Yeah. And if it's a chemical-based makeup or got toxic ingredients in it, then that's a triple whammy of... Chemicals into your system. We we'll say, do yeah. that, all straight into your bloodstream. And what's more, it makes even a cheap brand of makeup expensive because you're having to buy yes. it so much more. You know, so much stuff. Right. Faster.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yes. Okay, so, that so what was, was very the first thing you made? The first thing I made was foundation because that was right. my
0: problem product with
1: the one that I had purchased yeah. that made me sick.
0: And is that still your sort of hero product that in the range? That is my hero product. Right, really right. I'm literally going to go out and get some of this straight after this interview. <laughs> it sounds amazing. All right, so, um, so you're at the kitchen table. You've come up with some ingredients. You've done your foundation. Um, did you think at the time that was going to be it? It was going to be just a foundation range, or did you always have a, a vision of turning it into a bigger brand? I
1: wanted it. I, I know. I, def- I definitely did want it to be a, a bigger brand. Yeah. So as I would mix in my kitchen in the morning, like the kids would go to school, I'd pull out the stainless steel trolley and would start mixing. The kids would come home and the kitchen's covered in powder. I'm covered in powder. I look like a ghost or a drug dealer. <laughs> Actually, funny story, funny story. One, yeah, one day after school, the kids bought the neighbours home and the neighbours are a bit older, and she walked in, and here's me sitting at my kitchen table. I've got a mask on, I've got the scales, I've got the oh powder, God. and I'm
0: measuring out powder. <laughs> and she'd just watched Breaking Bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is before Breaking Bad, but yes. <laughs> so she snapped off a couple of photos. I almost had to tackle her to the ground to get those photos off her. So I thought, oh, this is right. not looking good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes, it was,
0: so, so what happened next you were you were saying um that there was a good story there behind the foundation and
1: yes the, expanding
0: the range so tell us more
1: so i i did continue to to expand the range i wanted to have a really nice range of, of natural products yeah and look there's some products there that like i i can play with but i'm not a licensed chemist so i'm not allowed to commercially produced with certain right. ingredients. So I do have to use another formulator for that. But right. I do recall I was making uh, eye pencils one day and I'd yeah. go down to McDonald's and I'd grab those big fat plastic straws that they used to have there. Yes. And I'd mix <laughs> the stuff up in a in a, uh, in a saucepan and then I'd. Oh, my God, and
0: then pour it into the straws hold, as the mold hold
1: my, hold my thumb over the end of it until it. it, it Thickened a bit and just yeah. went a bit harder. <laughs> and then when it was completely hard, so then I, I just get a pencil sharpener. These were great pencils. So to right. my formulator I go and I say, All right, I want pencils and I want this, 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 and this in it. So that was my way of getting around that sort of thing. So, right. yes, yeah, so NAS today is an, is a wonderful range, of a, a full range of products.
0: Everything from, I can see it behind you and other people can't see, but you've got look like you've got eyeshadows and lipsticks and, ma- you know, everything. The whole oh. lot. Wow. Yes. Oh my God. You, you should be so proud of yourself. That is absolutely amazing. Now, along the journey, there are often moments where I don't want to say everything, uh, well, look, I, I'm a shocking swearer so there's a language warning here, but where things can fuck up and then you go and then afterwards you kind of go, actually, if that hadn't happened, uh, this other thing wouldn't have happened and I'm so glad it did. So have you had any moments like that along the way? No. Okay, yes. No. <laughs> I was going to go, That must be the only woman I've ever heard of that hasn't. All right. Can you tell us a couple of them? It would be great to hear some of those yes, kind of I stories. Had some, I've definitely gone through my fair share
1: of hard lessons and big mistakes. The first one for me that comes to mind was about seven years ago, uh, I decided to take on a national sales manager. And okay. his job was to get NAS into distribution companies so it could just, you know, filter out across across Australia. Yep. So I practically poached him from another company. I can almost see them laughing right now going, I sucked in. <laughs> part of his I'm contract, guessing he wasn't so um, great, was but go was, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, part of his contract was that he could work autonomously from another state. And I allowed this to happen. He got a fuel card and a phone and well paid for this. And yeah. I think it was hitting around the six-month mark and there was still nothing. Like you'd get these interviews with these companies and his car would break down or something else like that. There was always an excuse. Right. And it got down to the, the final week where I've gone, look, if you want to be paid this week, I don't care what you do, but you've got to make your wages. He knew where we were financially. Yeah. And you've got to make your wages in sales, don't care how you do it. And then I never really heard from him again. But the other kicker to that side
0: was. Hang on, wait a minute. Go back to that. What do you mean you never heard from him again? He just walked away Oh, from the I job. didn't get hold of him after that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, Jennifer. Yeah, that would be. God, I don't even know what you'd do. If you'd think at first, oh, they're sick or whatever. I mean, you I know. I did first. Paid and done all this for this guy and he's done nothing. He oh. did nothing. Well, hopefully his karma has come in some way or shape or form.
1: He is hoping. <laughs> or at least Since he's learned then. a lesson of some sort would be lovely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it, it obviously taught you a lesson and what did it teach yes. you? Yes. <laughs> so
1: what that taught me was that my management skills sucked. They were really bad. <laughs> And I, and I do had you know, to I've, just been that.
0: Reading about, I've just been reading about that though, that if you're a visionary, you're not necessarily, you can lead people and inspire them but not necessarily manage them well, which I sort of feel like is possibly one of my things as well. So
1: I really have ste- if I go by what you've just said, I really have stepped into the right niche for NASSEN at the moment because I'm not trying to do that anymore. I'm trying to inspire people. Yes that to, is exactly to run their what own you business. Do. so Ooh, yep yeah, brilliant <laughs> wonderful good to know <laughs> and look, <laughs> a, a, a part of his contract also was or part of his requirement to work for nas was that in order to get a contract with the distribution company he said you've got to have stock right ready and on hand so right. that meant not only was I paying him for all those months for nothing but I also had to order in all this stock. Thousands and thousands of stock and hundreds of thousands of packaging. So the last of oh, our money was spent on all of that, which is why he knew where we were financially.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So, yeah. So, so that that oh, was so
0: my... No, no. Tell me, tell me what you learned out of that, though. What What was the next step when something as dramatic as that happens?
1: Oh, look at like I just said.
0: Found oh. a new salesperson and and off they went and presumably sold a lot for you fast.
1: No, no, no. 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 I ended up I ended up getting a a, a market stall and selling some colour. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness, yeah, I Jennifer! I had to
1: go right back to square one with that one.
0: That it, it, it can be so demoralizing, but I'm yeah. guessing that being at the market and speaking directly with customers. Maybe was the silver lining out of that, was it?
1: Well, I tell you what, it wasn't my target audience, the markets that I was at, but what yeah. it did, it, it gave me that opportunity for people to try it and for me to get names and book, start booking workshops. So I started doing workshops in two thousand and fifteen, right? Which looked very, very different to what they look like today. they were the days where I would pack up my car. And, we, and that was with lights and it was with mirrors and
0: oh, forget, a full, thousands full lighting of and, and stuff so they could
1: buy it yeah. and workstations. And then I could drive an hour. Then I set up at somebody else's place for an hour and then 10 people would turn up as they pleased because they didn't really know they were coming for a, a makeup workshop. Their friends would oh. them hey, come over for a few wines a and a catch-up. Yeah, and oh. keeping women who are drinking on track is super <laughs> hard, and they didn't come with the idea in mind to buy makeup, so I, right. it could be very very deflating. So I think for me, out of necessity, it was it was one of those things I really had to refine and refine workshops I have right down to five star, and <laughs> very different I today. Bet.
0: Mm. Right. And so is a large part of your business doing those kind of workshops with people? Yes. Is that so? Which makes sense now of how you're going to train other people to do it?
1: Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Now I've got them joined all the dots, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a great what a great story and a great initiative now um because this is about women in business one of yes. the things that i like to ask is whether there have been any women that have helped you along the way only because i just feel that there are lots of business women helping other people and we never hear about them so but but i have also been sadly told on a number of occasions that people can't think of any women that have helped them which always breaks my heart yeah. have you had any women that have sort of been instrumental in helping you with your business
1: look prior or your career to prior to launching this program I'm going to yep. say no but right. part of this program that was really quite daunting in the beginning was I knew I had to find a team and where on earth was I going to find that team that really complemented me and the brand yeah. and that we could all really work together and damn I did I've got <laughs> I've got an amazing team who are always oh, so there glad. to help me uh, and i really can't credit them enough they're they're
0: just they're wonderful and are they, they all people. women or mainly women or
1: no they're all women oh yeah, no right. actually no oh sorry james there's a
0: boy in there <laughs> yes <laughs> yes no uh, yes it's it's uh, both. that's that's fantastic now um We've talked about one of those pivotal moments of having to go back to square one. Is that you said that there were a couple? Is there another one that you can tell us before I start to ask you the last couple of questions?
1: Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, my my next one was I ordered in forty thousand sifter jars from China, and I actually went. Through a trading company rather than a manufacturing company. Right. What, what happens is a manufacturing company, when they get a big order and they over-manufacture and right. then they sell off the oversupply to the trading companies. So when I right. go there and I want 30-gram sifter jars, they go out and they go to this manufacturer and they get their leftovers and then they get somebody else's leftovers and somebody <gasps> oh, else's leftovers. Oh, God. And they go somewhere else and they get sifters for a 30-gram jar. So 40,000 jars turn up here in Australia, get directly shipped to my, ma- my contract manufacturer, yeah. and then I start getting them filled. And then I integrate it with all my stock. And then I start getting calls from people going, the sifter fell out all over and I've spilt the, the stuff all over oh. the carpet, and I'm going, nah,
0: yeah. Couldn't nah. happen.
1: It's just a freak thing. then <laughs> one day oh, I was sitting no. there and I opened up, This jar went to the tip and the sifter fell out and I've gone, oh, no, no, thousands and thousands again. Oh, no, Jennifer. We spent three weeks in the evenings going through thousands of products, opening lids, lifting up sifters to find out where all this was. Now, it wasn't just the sifters. These jars turned up and... Some of them were transparent. Some had a brown tinge to the transparency. Some had a yellow tinge to oh, the transparency. No. And the scepters didn't fit. Oh so, my god! Again, so much money because they're not cheap, and filling them with product is even less cheap.
0: <laughs> and then, and then to find that it doesn't work. Oh no. my god! So, lesson from that, I guess, is only work directly with manufacturers.
1: Well, lesson to that one really is: if you're going to go through China, you make sure that you employ a company on the ground over there for QC quality control before yep. anything shipped out. That was my lesson in that one.
0: Right, and that's a, you know Arch a lesson. good lesson for anyone else listening <laughs> who yes. who's thinking about products. All right. Um, now we're just going to talk a little bit about more personal stuff. One is that having interviewed nearly 200 women over the last 12 months or so, one of the things that has shocked me is the number of women that have had burnout and have really pushed themselves well beyond probably what their body can cope with. So I like to ask, how do you choose to juggle work and life? What sort of hours are you working?
1: Um, <laughs> I have cut it back, I have to say. Like I was, you know, I could do seven days a week.
0: Right, um,
1: and I think the reason why I've not had burnout is, I look, I just I love what I do. Yeah. So I, I live at the intersection of creativity and adventure. That's that's where I really hone
0: in. So, what a great description! That yeah. is a great description. I love it. <laughs> Thank but you. I mean, are you? You you said you have kids as well. So I mean, are weekends and evenings kind of sacrosanct? How, how have you managed to do that juggle?
1: Well, when the kids were younger, I, I would just, uh, they'd go to bed and then I'd go back in.
0: Start nervous. again and do night time.
1: Yes, yeah. And, and sometimes we could be up, especially if we're doing something major, we um, could be up until 4am in the morning and then wow. Get up to the kids and send And them then up again at six again. to, to, yes. to, to
0: yes. do school Definitely. lunches and drop-offs yeah. and things. And yeah. and what about now? I mean, do you have your weekends back to yourself? Most of I mean, I know that there are things that always happen, and particularly when we love our business, it's not a chore to have to work on it. But do you take sort of evenings and weekends off now? Or
1: if I'm doing uh, cause, because for our online facil- for our facilitator program, yeah, I actually do a couple of times a week I'll do online information sessions yeah so that takes up two evenings but that's only for 40 minutes Oh right and and then and then the the team gets together and we have a chat about what's what's happening and everything so there's those two evenings on a Saturday no no on a Saturday I'm often doing five-star workshops myself because I love them I just love them (laughs) it's always booked there I couldn't keep up with the demand which is why I sort of went in, into this program as well. Right. So if I'm doing that on a Saturday, at the weekends that I'm not doing it on a Saturday, I can be training workshop facilitators because I do that online or location-based as well.
0: Right. So Saturday is Sunday obviously though, a work day. Yeah. Yes,
1: but, uh, yeah.
0: Ish. Ish, sometimes. A fun work day, let's say. Uh, it is. Oh, <laughs> God, I just so love what I do.
1: On a Sunday, though, when I can, Sundays are no go. I don't, I don't do anything work related if I can because well and I we're, we're we're building ourselves a caravan in, in the backyard. So
0: oh no, I, I mean, I, oh no, but oh yes, I'm so jealous of you. Are you doing that sort of you know fishing it all out to go on a big long trip at some stage or do weekends away or something?
1: Totally, oh, totally, pff. yeah, yeah. So we bought ourselves an old twenty three footer van with yeah. the idea of doing it up and then uh, I, was, I was out one day and i get a I get a photo from my husband and he goes oh pulled out one staple too many and Oops. in this photo the whole caravan's just collapsed on top of him oh my god <laughs> he was in it at the time Oops. so in the end we've gone you know what this is going to be easier so we stripped everything off it back to the trailer totally fixed up the trailer and now we're we're just building and at least, at least we can put the door and the windows wherever
0: we want now. I know. I was going <laughs> to say, and and I know there's one that there's, I love any of those kind of fit out kind of, you know, when people I follow people, if they're doing it on Facebook, and I love it on those shows. And there was one, and it was a double-decker bus, which obviously it must have been someone in England. And I loved the idea. And she had made the whole top floor of the double-decker bus was just her bedroom with a bath <laughs> Which I thought was extraordinary. Nice. So that she could sit up there and it had an office down one end, bed down the other and bath in the middle.
1: I, I do think I was pushing it when I said to my husband, so we need a staircase going up to the top of the van so we need yeah, to spar lunch. up there. Yes.
0: <laughs> no. Now it you're talking. very adamant, oh. No. <laughs> All right, you're just going to have to go out and go to bars and then you'll have your bed nearby. Okay, (laughs) um, last, second last question is, is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you'd be up for sharing? Quirky fact. (laughs) And it doesn't matter what it is.
1: Okay, I'm I'm a Gemini. Yeah. So I am always pulled with myself. I'm I'm always second-guessing what I do. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Which is...
0: You're quirky back. Yeah, fact. a little
1: frustrating at times. I do have to remind myself that I am a Gemini. And, I go, but, but, but and you if, forgive yourself. No, I go just, out
0: with a Gemini. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I you have can't... to forgive myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're all great. Okay, now the last question may not even be relevant, but I am absolutely obsessed with my iPhone and the apps on it, and I love it. So I like to ask people, are there any useful business apps on your phone outside of – so I'm, I'm not really interested in social – and I'm going to assume social banking and um, – and email are all in there, but have you got any clever ones that you use or are you not really a I've got a really clever person? one, but it's
1: not really business. It's more personal. Oh, yeah. Go on, tell me. It's called Think Dirty. Oh, what does it do? Ooh, that's got I'm immediately Pete, looking it up. It. Do you want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it, it's an app where you can put your personal care products into it and it'll tell you how toxic they either are or aren't. Wow. they are run from a, from a zero to a 10, with 10 being toxic shit, don't touch it. Right.
0: To zero being a
1: magnificent. And you'll wow. be really and surprised what you find on it that's up there. Think
0: dirty. It's a great app. It's a great app and also a great name for a great app. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, Well, look, Jennifer, I am so thrilled that you did this interview. I hope everyone races out and buys NARS Cosmetics. But more interestingly, I hope that there are some women listening who, if they love makeup and aren't sure what they're doing, consider going and and doing your course because it sounds amazing. Um, If anybody wanted to get hold of you, what would be the best way? And also to give them website addresses and retailers and all that kind of stuff just off the top of your head
1: okay so, so the best way to contact me is through social media dm me pm me
0: right whatever you prefer are you, which platforms are you on
1: uh, i'm on facebook and i'm on instagram
0: okay Beautiful. and, and what's your instagram handle
1: uh nas cosmetics
0: okay great
1: n-a-s-c-o-s
0: n-a-s-c-o-s okay and then the website that's nascosmetics.com.au. Great. And then where are there sort of major retailers that are selling your products no, or removed. do they buy them? Gone. Gone, and the, the, the,
1: Yeah, yeah. And we did that also so that those people who are, have taken on a NAS business, an independent yeah. business, if they do the work and get people to their workshop and they've got their own client, we don't want their clients then going out down the road and...
0: Buying, buying the product, product yep, that somewhere else that,
1: that takes away, so we're really protecting our facilitators that way. Oh,
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so, if I want to go and buy some of your foundation, which I now do want to go and buy, <laughs> um, I just go onto your website and it'll give it. It'll direct me to one of the workshop people, or can I just buy directly from the site?
1: Um, both. You can, you can do either, um, okay. and. In doing that, you'll find a colour finder in the main menu there, so that will help you find your your right foundation colour.
0: Okay. I'm definitely going to use it after hearing that was the starting thing. So thank you so much, Jennifer. I have loved hearing your story and I can't wait to share it.
1: Thank you. And also on the website, there's the Join NAS tab as well, and that's where they can read a bit more about the program and then they can join one of our information sessions, our 40-minute online information sessions, or they can even book a one-on-one chat with me.
0: Wow. And I don't need
1: to be a makeup artist at all.
0: Great. Well, I mean, there's plenty of women that love makeup, that's that's for sure, and probably would be very interested in knowing more about how to apply it. It's a very
1: rewarding business. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jules. Much appreciate your time.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to shestheboss.com.au.